Before we start, just a quick reminder that you can get a copy of my book, The Fix, or the electronic or audible version from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Audible, or at all major retailers. In reading The Fix, you'll learn how gender inequality works, what the 17 most common barriers are that all women face, and how to overcome these challenges. You'll also learn how gender inequality creates challenges to men's fulfillment of work. But most importantly, if you're a leader, you'll learn how to remove these obstacles and create a culture of equality. So get your copy today and let me know what you think by leaving a review on Amazon. What this survey is really telling us is that COVID-19 has changed people's demands and expectations on flexibility from their employer. The opportunity is now for businesses to really create a culture that embraces flexibility. If you look at some of the results, 56% of people received underwhelming, limited to moderate support from their manager. So we know managers are key to the success of flexibility. So I think now more than ever, companies need to be supporting their managers with the right tools and resources to better support their uh, employees. I think the other thing that we've really seen is that We need to redesign the workplace. 72% of people whose hours were reduced as a result of COVID-19 said their workload has stayed the same. And what it's showing us is we need to rethink the way we're looking at roles. I'm your host, Michelle King, and you're listening to The Fix, a podcast that shares the stories of remarkable people who are innovating and taking action to advance equality in the workplace and beyond. In May of this year, Mark Zuckerberg announced that up to half of Facebook's employees could be working remotely in just five to 10 years. While Jack Dorsey went one step further, giving Twitter and Square employees the option to work from home indefinitely. While offices are unlikely to disappear from Silicon Valley altogether, these announcements represent the first major move to creating a permanent remote workforce. But managing a remote workforce is not as simple as telling everyone they can work from home. In fact, companies have been trying this for a really long time, and they've failed badly. Jody Geddes, co-founder of CircleIn, which helps companies to support working parents, will be joining us on this episode to discuss the results from a new online global survey her company undertook, which finds that COVID-19 has changed people's demands and expectations of working life. The study finds that 97% of men and women want to retain the freedom to work flexibly when the COVID-19 restrictions are over. Employees now want to define where they work, when they work, and to have the ability to reduce their working hours if needed. On this episode, we'll unpack these findings and discover what it really takes to manage a remote workforce. In 2001, American electronics retailer Best Buy began implementing a program that fundamentally changed the way the organization approached working hours. This was known as the results-only work environment. And the idea was simple. 
Employees were free to manage their time as they saw fit, so long as they delivered on what was required. Time spent in the office didn't matter. It was all about output. Employees could manage their schedules to fit in with their home life. A number of studies identified a range of benefits associated with the row approach to work, including increased productivity, reduced turnover, increased employee morale, and well-being. Despite these benefits, in 2013, the incoming Best Buy CEO, Hubert Jolly, decided to get rid of the entire program. In a 2013 Business Insider online article, Jolly is quoted as saying that Roe is fundamentally flawed from a leadership standpoint because the program required leaders to set objectives and delegate to employees on how those objectives would be met, which Jolly says is not always effective. Empowering employees to manage their own work schedule is not about simply delegating tasks and then walking away. Rather, leaders need to provide ongoing coaching, advice and feedback, as well as development to support employees with the delivery of their work. When companies implement programs like Rowe, they're in effect transforming the culture of an organisation. This means leaders need to change. The way managers delegate, interact with and reward employees needs to change. Without concerted effort, it's too easy to revert to the 9 to 5 workplace. If companies don't have the right leaders in place, then programs like Roe will never last. Here Jody shares why COVID-19 presents an opportunity to overhaul the workplace. I guess flexibility has been fast-tracked five years as a result of COVID-19. And we know that primarily it's working parents that have been accessing, you know, flexibility in the past. So we saw this as an opportunity to really conduct a piece of research and understand, you know, how people are feeling about the current situation, but more importantly, what does the future of work look like and specifically for working parents? What this survey is really telling us is that COVID-19 has changed people's demands and expectations on flexibility from their employer. And, you know, the opportunity is now for businesses to really create a culture that embraces flexibility What it's really showing us is employers need to upskill on flexibility, but specifically managers. I mean, if you look at some of the results, 56% of people received underwhelming or limited to moderate support from their manager. So we know managers are key to the success of flexibility. So I think, you know, now more than ever, companies need to be supporting their managers with the right tools and resources to better support their uh, employees. I think the other thing that we've really seen is that we need to redesign the workplace. 72% of people whose hours were reduced as a result of COVID-19 said their workload has stayed the same. And we were absolutely blown away by this response. What it's showing us is we need to rethink the way we're looking at roles. That's looking at job design, role design, and so forth. So, you know, there's lots of really interesting insights. The other one, if we look at demands and expectations, you know, 84% of people moving forward want to keep a mix of working from home and in the office. And 59% want to keep having more time with family, um, which is exciting, you know. And overall, 97% of people don't want to return in the same way, you know, pre-COVID-19. So what it's really telling us is that, you know, the demands and expectations are greater than ever now from an employer perspective. And it's their time now to step up and drive this change and make sure that in this new world that we're moving into, that you know, that we don't go back to our old ways. How do we move forward and and look at doing things differently and keeping the momentum that we've created right now? 
Almost overnight, we've seen workplaces change dramatically as remote and now flexible work arrangements have become widespread. COVID-19 has finally forced companies from allowing accommodations for some employees to making this a normal part of working life. And this is really beneficial for women's advancement as it helps women manage the role conflict with work and family life. And research shows that this in turn increases retention, career aspirations and productivity and decreases absenteeism. But making flexible working work for women requires capable managers who know how to build trust, delegate, coach and enable their employees to succeed. Here, Jody shared more on what leaders can do to create a flexible workplace culture. I think leaders who think this is temporary are mistaken. You know, it's up to now companies to really see this as an opportunity to redesign the workplace and take this forward. So more than ever now, we're seeing companies come to us and ask for support. It's no longer just looking at, you know, updating a flexibility policy. This is about hardwiring flexibility into your business strategy moving forward. It's about rethinking what's critical, you know, how work is organized, performed, rewarded, paid. It's a whole of business approach now. It's no longer just part of a HR team's responsibility to look at flexibility. So I think what we're going to see is that those companies that do take this forward into the new world are those that are going to outperform others. They're going to attract greater talent. They're going to retain employees. Their employer brand will be stronger as a result, not to mention productivity, you know, all the other benefits that come with it. And we've seen that in the past specifically, you know, with working parents that are returning, you know, after parental leave and performing work that's paid for three days, but they're actually performing work of a four or five day week. So, you know, that's been really interesting for us. And and what it's showing us is that managers aren't equipped to lead a flexible team. You know, 54% said their managers weren't equipped. So managers are needing support as to how to manage employees through this time, you know, how to look at job design and role design differently, how to support employees. Job design is about making sure that the design of your role works for you in the hours that, you know, you're actually performing the role in. So, to put that into context, if I'm, you know, returning back to work and I'm doing a a five-day-a-week role, but I'm actually only paid for three days, the expectations are different. So really what we need to be looking at is making the role work for you in the hours that you're being paid. So it's looking at, you know, do certain elements of the role no longer need to be included? So it's really, you know, looking at it from a strategic perspective and making sure that the role that you're being paid to do works for you in the hours and so forth. So I think it's absolutely key when we look at, you know, the, the amount of work that people are doing, but they're not being compensated for it. You know, the hours are staying the same. This is an opportunity for us to look at things differently. You know, can we look at roles in a different way? Can we structure them differently? Part-time work, job sharing, you know, there's so many different ways that we can look at roles moving forward. And I think that's what's really exciting is, you know, we really truly believe in looking at job design and part-time work and doing things differently. So I think that's a really exciting thing that's going to come out of COVID-19. But again, it's up to an organisation to be bold and to take that leadership role and be okay with looking at roles differently. Despite the progress made for women across many sectors of the economy, it's no secret that many workplaces do not work for women for a variety of reasons including the presence of unconscious gender bias and the gender pay gap. 
Many workplaces also create barriers for those managing both work and family, a situation that continues to fall disproportionately on women, often impeding advancement or forcing them out of the workplace altogether. But working long hours in an office has negative consequences for men too, as they don't have the opportunity to explore their identities outside of the breadwinner image. And when men do reduce their work hours for family reasons, research finds that they'll be perceived as less ambitious and less leader-like. Here Jody shares more on why flexibility is something both men and women need. When we look at flexibility pre-COVID, there's no doubt typically it was females that were taking advantage of flexibility because it was around parental leave or, you know, returning to work and so forth. What we're really now seeing is that we really need to redesign the workplace to support both men and women. I mean, the results speak for themselves. 53% of respondents' partners played a more active role at home during COVID. And of that, 52% now want to continue playing a more active role moving forward. So I think, you know, flexibility is no longer a female-focused issue. This is about creating an environment that is for all employees to be able to access flexibility. I mean, I've got a four and a six-year-old. My husband now wants to access flexibility differently moving forward. So, you know, I think for organisations, this is their opportunity to create family-friendly workplaces, you know, enabling time-poor parents to work in ways that not only will help them reduce commute times, but also increase family time. So I think what we're going to see is more dads embracing flexibility and then hopefully sharing the workload at home. And it's not just dads, it's, it's all carers, all types of family units. A flexible workplace is a better workplace. It's a way to ensure your employees are stress-free. This is because when an employee is enjoying a flexible work schedule, they're more likely to find job satisfaction and greater work-life balance. Most people don't want to spend their whole lives at work. Therefore, allowing your employees the ability to have their lives not solely revolve around work is an investment. It's an investment into your employees' well-being and your business. I don't think companies have a choice now. You know, with 97% of people saying they don't want to return to work in the same way, companies need to take action and they need to take action fast. You know, this is a huge opportunity for companies that are willing to really jump on board and, you know, hardwire flexibility into their business strategy. I mean, you know, it will unlock greater productivity. We're seeing that already. People saying that with less commute times and they're more productive at home. I don't think we're seeing a decrease in productivity. I think the engagement will be there. I think if companies do embrace flexibility in the right way, there's huge opportunities to have a more engaged workforce, specifically around parents. They get to spend more time with their family at home and, you know, all the benefits that come with that. Um, you know, reduce costs. Obviously, you know, there's huge wins there. You know, your carbon footprint, less commute time, talent mobility. Organizations will be able to tap into a much bigger talent pool. I mean, think about the opportunities now of the recruitment of people living in country areas, people with a disability that perhaps couldn't travel to work by public transport or whatever it may be. So the talent pool is actually far greater now. And I think that's really exciting. Employer brand is huge. And I think organizations that are, you know, willing to step in and say that we really truly embrace flexibility and we're a family-friendly workplace. That does huge wonders for your employer brand and your value proposition. So I think it's all of those things. And last but not least, just general employee well-being. I mean, look at stress levels and anxiety levels pre-COVID and where they're at now. I mean, they speak for themselves. So I think 
there's absolutely huge benefit. But again, it's really up to organisations to really step in and embrace this. But it needs to happen fast. You know, they can't be sitting on this for the next six months wondering what to do. And as I said, it's not a tick the box or an update of a flexibility policy. This is so much bigger. People act and operate in different ways. And some people really like those virtual meetings, others don't. So I think it's really about understanding what your workforce needs and delivering on that. Finally, Jody shares one action that all leaders can take to start building a flexible workplace culture today. One of the things that we truly believe in is in role modeling, especially at senior leader level. If, if you want to drive cultural change in an organization, it all starts at the top. And we actually conducted a survey back in Fairbatch, actually pre-COVID. And what employees told us, we spoke to over a thousand employees. 52% told us that leaders in their organization did not role model support for working parents. So I think through this, I mean, if you look at the results we're seeing around the manager's support and the fact that employees haven't received or have been underwhelmed by the support from their managers, what managers now need, they need the support and tools to be able to know what to do, how to do it, and how to lead successfully. So managers are absolutely key to the success of flexibility moving forward. And I think managers more than ever need to step up and start leading their teams. So You know, when we look at flexibility, there's so many elements to it, but it really all comes down to managers. I mean, you look at one of the other results was 68% said the flexibility they have is dependent on who their manager is. And from my experience, it's no different to parental leave. You know, when you're going through that journey, your experience is dependent on the support you receive from your manager. So I think it's up to companies now to really invest quickly in developing the right tools and support providing that to their managers and also focusing on role modeling at that senior leader level. So it's across all levels of the organization. For leaders who want to start creating a family-friendly culture, here are some actions you can take. First, consider different types of flexible work arrangements because one size does not fit all. Second, reconsider leadership roles and promotion decisions to include people who work flexibly. This can include job sharing, remote positions or part-time roles. Lastly, remember to create a culture of care at work by inviting men and women to share their identities and needs outside of work. By inviting employees to share, Managers can create an environment that supports people to be themselves at work and to feel like they belong. I really hope you all enjoyed today's episode. Just a quick reminder that you can sign up to my monthly newsletter at michellepking.com. You can also reach out to me there for interview requests or to be featured on the show. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you all again next week.